You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The 55th Super Bowl is this weekend, 55. And a game this big deserves a big prize, not just some trophy. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of Super Bowl 55, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. How's that for big? Your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. And if you have one of the most predictions correct, you can win the top prize of $1 million. Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer questions like who'll score last, and boom, get ready to make it rain. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, eligibility, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 17, as finally the Rangers get the monkey off their back and get a regulation win against the Pittsburgh Penguins. There was no collapse last night, so Andy and I are feeling good, hopefully. So, uh, Andy, how are you doing, and uh, are you happy that we finally got a win? Uh, Yeah, I'm happy this team seems ready to move on. (laughs) Because considering what the the last 48 hours have been like for them, if they didn't win last night uh, or they went to overtime again or Igor was letting in uh, soft goals like he was earlier in the season, yeah, I just think the perception uh, would be much different, especially on this podcast as we record it. But it was a big exhale from uh, Rangers fans, probably the team, I'd imagine the front office. Uh, It signifies that they can, yeah, they can pull together when it counts and just because they've met uh, their fate early in the season has been a myriad of problems and up and down that doesn't mean they can't just uh, pull together and get through it and uh, you got to give Igor credit Uh, he looked like the Igor we thought we would be getting all season and he looked comfortable and I think that's one of the big reasons why it just settled everyone down Uh, yeah and our you know our our uh, top six guys are actually starting to show up and we're getting some bottom six uh, production, which always helps. And yeah, guys, guys stepped up. And even the guys that came in in a pinch with uh, getting their first chance stepped up. So, but I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just to kind of put a, a nice bow on the whole Tony D situation, um, the, the my final thoughts and, and words basically pretty much, I think what you see every normal person saying yesterday was, wow, I think Twitter got really out of hand really quickly. And it put, I think, the New York Rangers and some of the New York Rangers players in situations where I don't think was uh, was was fair. One being, uh, you know, Ke'Andre Miller, 
um, you know, those stories that were clearly made up. Um, and, you know, we still don't even really know the the actual truth. But I'm going to guess that what happened after the game in Buffalo, or I'm sorry, in, uh, at home against Pittsburgh last game, was probably not as bad as the media certainly made it. And I think that was just, you know, uh, a bunch, a part of a bunch of different little things that, you know, Coach Quinn and the organization was just, you know, tired of. And when you're building a team that has a lot of young faces in the locker room, a a lot of uh, inexperience, you can't have a guy who is also young, but who's been around the block a long time, creating unnecessary distractions. You know, I'm sure he questioned Quinn. I'm sure they had a relationship where they bantered back and forth. But the, the you know, at the end of the day, when a bad loss comes up and, you know, people start running their mouths, it's just not, it's not the varsity, you know? And, uh, you know, he, and Quinn, you know, and upper management felt like, you know what? If we're all going to be going down this road together, we can't have people, you know, constantly slowing us down. And so they unhitched themselves from the, you know, the Tony D wagon and, and, and let it go. And I think a lot of people piled on to why that was so, um, just, you know, for the story and just the nature of that kid in general, who seems to be very toxic online. But, um, you know, as far as I stand, you know, it's clear that this was probably a top down and not necessarily a locker room up situation. Uh, and I, and I would say that it probably had a lot to do with Quinn because Quinn has been the one that's saying, you know, this wasn't easy, which makes me think that, you know, that ultimately this was his decision to let him go. And he didn't want to coach a kid that was constantly questioning things, constantly causing chaos, you know, maybe joying at his teammates and, um, yeah, and I just think, you know, what Twitter did and, and hockey media and Rangers, you know, media um, didn't do itself any favors last night. And they kind of handled themselves unprofessionally instead of waiting for all facts to come out. And it's really disappointing to see Keandre and his agent having to squash rumors and, and you know, to get them involved into something is, you know, it's ridiculous. He's 20 years old. He doesn't need to be the center of attention, you know. It's about the coaching decision, and it's about Tony D'Angelo, and that's it. And you know, if stuff gets out, what other players did, then you know, then so be it. But you know, this was about the New York Rangers and Tony D'Angelo, and, and no other player should have been dragged through the mud, uh, so to speak. Yeah, well said. Uh, you know, like you said, it's one of those things where just speculation would be rampant no matter what and will we ever get the the finer details of what went on behind closed doors probably not like we get the broad strokes maybe here and there uh and yeah i think that's just one of those things that i was listening to elliot friedman on his 31 thoughts podcast yesterday morning talking about the situation and Merrick even asked him like what you know what is true and what's not true and he was told like be careful about some of the things that are floating around besides the altercation because, you know, listen, I'm sure things have happened for a reason that Tony's been pulled into, you know, the, he, he's having a conference with Jeff, you know, Jeff calls him to the principal's office and basically lays down the law. So things are obviously were happening both behind closed doors, maybe even on the ice. So it's and it's just at the end of the day, Tony gave himself enough rope. It's at this point, it's like like you said, it doesn't it's one of those things where unless you are absolutely sure. And people might, and I'll, I'll even both sides it because at the same time, like I understand the New York Rangers are a, an organization that has to do damage control. And listen, they're, they're, they have, they have some culpability in this too. They're not, I have my eye on the front office considering all the things that have happened over the last two seasons with various other prospects and players. But true. uh, Yeah. I maybe, you know, even if you thought you, you have your trusted sources and you think they're good, I think you have to ask yourself the question. Am I willing, you know, if this comes out and it's like if it comes or my source is misinformed or wrong or whatever, you're going to end up wearing it. And it's just especially it's like also what what does that extra information like serve or that couldn't wait another 48 hours, especially if you have it like there was an altercation it's just being the one to like have the inside scoop on extra dirt. It's like I said, it's like doesn't change the fact that D'Angelo is toxic and the Rangers clearly want to excise him from their locker room. It's just, 
yeah, it was, and I think Elliot Freeman said it best. It's like you know, there's a, he's there's he's done enough there where that wading into the speculation just muddies muddies a story that should just be you know pretty cut and dry. So, but uh, it sounds like Gorton's going to work with Pat Brisson, who is uh, D'Angelo's agent, obviously. They they seem to be under the impression they can trade him with retention and find him a place to play. Obviously, you frame it like that because you want to have the perceived value or the issue be minimized, and that's and that's in their best interest. If they want to get out from this contract, they have to. They're most likely going to have to retain, but uh, he's not going to be around the team anymore. It's his. T- Jeff said his ten years in New York Rangers over. It is what it is. They're looking to move forward. I think most fans are looking to move forward because coming into this season, I guess this will be a good segue. Yeah, I think we, we everyone had their 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 eyes set on like uh yeah on the sky and they the potential and of this team and the fact that out of the the you know off the starting block they stumbled almost immediately and they've been a litany of problems. It's uh yeah, I think everyone just wants to see this team get up to a jog, right? <laughs> you know, we've been. We kind of fumbled off the, we, you know, we missed the starting gun. We fumbled off the block, and now we're just trying to get up to a a brisk jog. So I think everyone just wants to get to that point, and uh, yeah, I definitely want to get to that point. So, like I said, Tony D's tenure in New York is over. We'll see what happens in terms of finding if they can find a trade partner. Uh, if they can't, I most likely think they buy him out in the summer because of his age. The buyout, I think, is one third of his contract. But uh, yeah, I guess until it gets to that point, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, the Tony situation is is fair to criticize other things that the Rangers have, you know, have been doing uh, in terms of, you know, creating an environment where it is fair for each player in terms of playing time, all players being held to the same standard in terms of playing time. Um, You know, this merit based system that Quinn likes to pride himself on, you know, it's it. I think there's other questions kind of to to curtail off of Tony D. So the Rangers, for me, that was a must-win game last night against the Pittsburgh Absolutely. Penguins. I mean, they could not afford to get blown out or collapse and blow another lead and lose in overtime. They needed two points, and to get it done in regulation was absolutely huge. And if there was one player that I thought really stepped up, it was Igor. I mean, he led up uh, you know, that first goal where he went out of the net and the shot was clearly wide and, you know, it comes back out on the other side, squirts out back the other side of the, uh, the net. Uh, Andre was kind of, you know, shocked at the play. Uh, he was in poor position and, you know, uh, Zucker was able to, you know, you know, squeak the puck uh, past Igor at the last second because he couldn't get over in time. So, I mean, watching that play, I was like, oh, my God, here we go. Like, this is going to be the new New York Rangers. Where now goaltending is the issue and everything else seems to be coming together. But then there was a series, I think, of two saves after that where Igor made back-to-back, like, office pad, just beautiful saves at point-blank range. And ever since that, I, I, I thought he was on top of his game. I thought he was seeing every single puck. I thought he played every puck you know, pretty well. And, uh, I thought the Rangers did a, you know, a pretty good job limiting, you know, the secondary chances that, you know, Pittsburgh loves to have, uh, you know, their, their offense is so gifted, uh, creating those, you know, flurry of opportunities. And I think the Rangers did a really good job managing that on the back end. So, uh, Andy, what'd you, what'd you think overall of the entire game? Oh, well, I definitely agree with your assessment of Igor. You know, I think him coming out on that first goal, which was a, you know, it was a bit of a weird uh, Karen, but at the same time, he definitely overplayed it. But, you know, I think that comes down to confidence and nerves, right? Things haven't been going well for him. So he's maybe over committing and or, or over challenging pucks, trying to be, like saying, I, I got to get big right now, or I have to make sure I'm out, out far enough that I can deflect this to the corner. So it's not an issue for me. You know what I mean? Whereas if he was at his most comfortable, he probably sits back a little bit farther. He, he's in a better position to get over to his posts in time because he's tracking it better. You know, he's not so far out than it where it's behind and be like, where is it? Where am I? Like, you know, cause even Kay Andre was confused at how the, the path it took after it, you know, went wide. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, he, you had those two saves that you mentioned in a, in a quick succession in a flurry, he came up big and I think it settled him down. I think now you saw at the end, he looked up to the sky and, you know, he usually does like a little, 
prayer you could see he's uh definitely a religious kid you know looks up <laughs> at the end but you could see him just exhale when they got when panarin scores that uh empty net goal with what 0.5 seconds left and they get the victory and i think this will be huge for him um yeah it was a as far as the team in front of them, I, you know, listen, Pittsburgh, they're, they're, we lost, we're down, we were down a lot of forward talent. We're without Heedle, we're without uh, Colin Blackwell, who's our latest superstar, I guess. He should be back in probably a week's time. Uh, and we, Nakako, no Kako because they put him on the COVID thing, although, and we're not sure if that's, they were said he'll be fine and back soon. So that might mean he just simply contact tracing. He might have been exposed or waiting for test results. And not necessarily that he's like symptomatic or, but yeah, I guess we'll find out more maybe, or we won't because they obviously play this stuff close to the hip. But um, yeah, listen, I thought I loved the the game, our bottom six plays. I thought Lemieux had his best game this season. Uh, he was in, involved in everything. He was using his skating. He didn't take a stupid penalty. Uh, yeah. And I, I've liked the fact that our bottom six this year is contributing. They're doing what a good bottom six does. They, they have jam and they score. Uh, greasy goals and uh, they can all skate which really helps you know I think Howden is settling in <laughs> it into even though he was bumped up because of the injuries I think he's settling into his new identity he's like all right I'm a bottom six guy hence you know he, he him and Kapanen they dropped the gloves which really surprised me both because both those guys I wouldn't think of much of as fighters but you know uh, I like you know a little fire at the end of a period where the Rangers were probably upset to be down a goal uh, and they were pushing. You well, know, I, so I definitely think that was a huge point in the game. I, I like. Yeah. I know it was kind of like a meaningless fight between you know two guys that aren't a fighter. But for the New York Rangers, I feel like that might have been like a little bit of a turning point for them. Uh, yeah. Go figure. It's Brett Howden. Uh, you know, shoving it right in my face. But <laughs> um, you know, the Rangers came out in the first period and they did not look inspired. I mean, I I don't know if that was something that you know that maybe they were just fatigued mentally. From you know the last 24 hours, uh, the snowstorm that was happening in New York City, I, I don't. I mean, there was a ton of distractions, and for a night that they really needed to come out looking sharp, I didn't really truly see that. I mean, they played well enough to to keep it close, but you know, I, I didn't think they were as physical as they needed to be and as energetic and enthused to be out there. But uh, you know that fight, I really do think you know kind of you know jolted the rangers into a, a positive direction yeah absolutely and they definitely got there like you said i think they had been starting off with great first periods and then their second periods were being terrible and their third periods were being good again you know their games have been a bit of donuts kind of like them down the middle go figure but um they but no they like you said i think everything was that was clearly weighing on them you see the the lineup changes just because of having so many guys lost to injury Chicago new faces co- yeah exactly and i just think it's one of those things that yeah, maybe even some of the top six guys look down their bench and they want to have a brave face but maybe they're like is this gonna work like do we have enough talent like you know but listen i think uh we spoke about Potato finally getting a chance, and I'll give him the the biggest compliment I can give. I didn't really notice him. He had a he had a good hit at one point, but other than that, uh, yeah, I just he was just kind of there, and he he made plays, and he didn't have any. I didn't see him running around or doing anything stupid, and and that's great. That's refreshing. I can't remember the last time we had a third pairing where it wasn't just like, oh yeah, I didn't really notice him, but he didn't get like scored on or you know or didn't give up a really egregious play, you know, so. That's great. And that's what you want. And I think, uh, you know, turning lemons into lemonade, you lose Tony, which obviously he's for personal issues, notwithstanding, is a good uh, offensive generator for this team and passer. But the problem was that you if you had with your pairings, you'd always have to play him, make sure he got playing time to maximize those talents. And he's usually hitched to a Brendan Smith or a Jack Johnson or what a Mark Stahl. And now without that, you can ride the Fox Lindegren true, K Andre pairing, and then just give your third pairing, like not as many minutes, you know, well, potato and whoever he and Smith or whoever, if Jack Johnson, you know, whatever, like these guys. And if you have that third pairing going forward, now that Tony's not here, you don't have to worry about like, I need to have this, they need more offensive starts. They, you know, they, you don't have to worry about that as much. You can ride your top four and just your third one will, your third, you know, those guys will mostly get 
penalty kill time. And, you know, if other guys are tired or, you know, especially you can shorten your bench more without being afraid of like, I need to get this guy on the ice, or especially if you know that uh, playing time for Tony was like a big uh, bone of contention or something. So yeah, it just, it's just less headache to have. And uh, just, especially like you said, if you can have a bottom six that can just keep the energy level up and chip in greasy goals here and there, and then a bottom pairing D that can in limited minutes, just make sure to keep you even and not make anyone panic or yeah, that's, that's what you want. Right. And well, definitely a good way to get back on track. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. I think it was actually refreshing to not have, well, I wouldn't put Tony in this category because I think Tony has a part of his game that obviously we haven't seen yet this year, but we saw all of last year, which is, you know, him being able to drive, you know, offense and create chances and, and, you know, get the puck up, up and down the ice, north and south. But, uh, you know, it was nice actually, because you don't have him hitched to a liability of a stall or a, or Jack Johnson, you know, stall of last year, Jack Johnson this year. Um, and you know, Tony himself, if he's not bringing an offensive element, let's face it, he's a defensive liability. Uh, I think everyone kind of, you know, realized that. And, you know, if you're not going to put up the the points, then it's tough to, you know, kind of balance the act because the points aren't there. And then your ice time is going to, you know, shrink a little bit, but you know, is it really worth him playing, you know, 12 minutes a game with zero points and he's not exactly a shutdown defenseman. Where now you saw, you know, obviously Smith gets hurt, but you have, you know, the Truba Potato, uh, I'm sorry, Truba and Fox chewing up, you know, almost half the game. You have uh, Lindgren and Keandre Miller eating a third of the game. And then you have, you know, Anthony Potato, who kind of had to step in as a, a rover to give some of these guys a break, uh, playing about 15 minutes. So, you know, uh, the Brendan Smith injury, I would have liked to see, you know, that that final pairing play a little bit more. But, you know, I think for a first game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, who kind of have that, you know, explosive offense, um, you know, I, I'm kind of proud of what Boteta was able to do, you know, with his first game with the with the squad and not really getting, you know, a lot of reps in um, with these guys. So, you know, hopefully Brendan Smith uh, gets healthy because if Brendan Smith is out, Jack Johnson is out. Uh, you know, I get, are they going to be calling up Lieber Hayek? Uh, I don't know. What's the, who's the next man up here, Andy? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, it very well could be Libor. Uh, they've obviously been reticent to get him in. I don't know if that's, there's still questions about uh, the processing of the NHL game, but you know, like I said, I don't know what, how Jack Johnson's groin is doing, but uh you most likely, if you know, we don't also don't know what the update is on Smith. Was it just like a bad hit? Is he day to day? Is it cushion? Is, yeah. Is, was it a head contact thing? You know, is it going to be a while? We don't know. Uh, the Rangers, unfortunately, are definitely getting hit with the injury bug this season. You know, after kind of skirting it a lot for the last few seasons, or especially last year. Um. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I you assume he's the next man up, or, or if they'll have to make uh, some pulls from from Hartford, uh, which, you know, who are currently in their preseason training camps going on. So, uh, yeah, but you assume Libor, we're going to see Libor here and see what he can do eventually. But like you said, the, luckily the fact that whoever's coming up, they don't have to feel obligated to play them more than they have to, especially if to their own detriment, you know what I mean? Uh, and I think that's a beautiful thing about the fact that both Fox and Keandre are having great seasons to start and are just going full. I mean, I think I would say Keon, you know, last night wasn't Keandre's best game, but even in his, like one of his, his worst games, he still had, you know, moments where you're like, Oh man, you know, he saves a surefire goal on uh, where Igor is down. There's a guy, one of his teammates is in his crease, probably Lindegren and Keandre sees that there's a wide open net and he just dives out and takes a knee and blocks a shot. You know, yep. that was like, that was a yawning net. So it was, that was a, that was a giveaway goal and he saved it, which is great. And then on, um, he has a nice little breakaway on the, on the penalty kill, uh, then he almost scores on, or, you know, he generates a chance. And then at the end of the game, when they're hemmed in their own zone and, and Pittsburgh looking for the equalizer, he just gets he gets on his horse and he just rushes the puck out of the zone with, you know, just because once he's moving, he's hard to stop and he's big and he can at least, you know, chip it out. So and I love the fact that he's getting these minutes that are definitely tough. That's definitely the toughest thing for him right now. It's like he's so good when in the flow of the game currently when he's already skating because of his skating ability, his size, his reach. You know what I mean? But when 
He's stationary in his own zone. That's where that's the only thing that gets better with that is reps. And the fact that he's learning how to kill cycles when they're nursing a lead or save surefire goals. These are this is what you want. You know what I mean? Even if it's tough, uh, tough minutes for him. So, uh, yeah, I'm ecstatic. And Adam Fox just, you know, I think the other silver lining, I guess, with the Tony is that there was always this at, you know, at uh, splitting our two offensive guys. Well, now Adam Fox gets to, he's our offensive guy. And you see on the, with the Kreider power play goal, that beautiful hip swivel head fake, just shot it low on net. He fooled everyone and their mother, me included. And then, uh, yeah, no chance, uh, for, for Pittsburgh to stop it. And, you know, for Kreider to get the tip just because, you know, he's a guy who is so smart. He can just do more with a, with a little look at the, you know, with a head fake than most guys can with their skating ability. Right. So he's going this season. Panarin also for the most part had a pretty pedestrian game and still had three points because he's kind of been cooking now. And that just shows you when you're one of the best players in the national hockey league, uh, you can have an off night and still have three. Yeah, it's funny because the most impressive thing he did, I think, was that empty net goal with the final seconds. Just to come around the corner, he didn't. He, he tried to get to Strom to get his buddy going. You know, they were clearly going to win. They weren't going to. There was what five seconds left, if that. And at the last minute, he just said, "All right," and he just literally turned around without looking at the net and just put it top corner. And I was just like, "Jesus, this guy is so good." With, with a guy in went net. Back to the, What's up? Yeah, with, with a guy, guy screening it. Yeah. And he put it top top left corner. And then he just kind of made a cheeky little like going back to the the bench for the victory. He just kind of put his arms up like, yay, you know, whatever. Like you could tell he didn't he didn't really feel it. But the fact that he could just put it place a shot like that with that velocity with a guy in net just not even looking, just spin snipe and whatever. Yeah, he's cooking now. So that's good. And and listen, Kreider, we were obviously a ghost to start the season, but he's he's really come on. So, you know, we're still waiting on Mika. And at this point, I, you have to think it has to be COVID related or just he's slow. You know, uh, we still haven't between what's happening with Marco Rossi. Um, the fact that uh, Jonathan Taze is not even is so it's affecting his performance so much. He's still not playing, you know, this season. It's it's a lot, man. And it's a lot to get over. So even if he thinks he feels fine, I don't know if he's necessarily up to but you know, he's still good doing good things. And I thought that first period was Lafreniere's best period of the year. I thought he was finally for once uh, up on play more and a little forechecking with using his speed more. And I think that'll come. I think once he's in that mindset of pressing all the time, he's going to get more and more chances. And then it'll something that'll just become innate for him. But I, you know, I just think it's he's coming into the season. He's have to do a lot of reckoning between what he was able to do before and get away with and what he has to do now. And, you know, but, but he had a lot of chances early on. He was, he's so good at finding loose spots and coverage and the puck seems to kind of squirt out to him and because he knows where to put himself. So yeah, I liked his first period. Uh, he didn't get a lot of playing time last night or at least in that third period. So, uh, that's something we'll want to improve, but at the same time he had lines going and, the Rangers needed a win. They probably needed a win more than he needed a point in a loss. Yeah, and so. you know, if you're a little concerned about um, you know, Lafreniere's playing time of 9 minutes, you got to also look at the uh nature of the game too. A lot of power plays, a lot of PKs. Um there was, you know, the Penguins went 0 for 6 on the on the power play. Rangers went 1 for 4. So right there is 20 minutes. That's that's a period, you know, where, you know, Lafreniere really doesn't get much ice time anyway. If he's lucky, he catches the tail end of our power play. Uh, he doesn't play any shorthanded minutes at all. So he only, yeah, again, he only had a minute worth of uh, power play time. So, you know, that, that, those type of games, obviously when there's a lot of, you know, penalty killing and, and power play time, you know, the, the, the minutes are kind of lopsided, you know, it's, yeah. there's nothing he can do about it. And uh, I don't think it was, had anything really to do with how bad he was playing or anything. Cause like you no. said, I mean, I thought, you know, when he was out there, he certainly was, you know, creating opportunities for himself everywhere on the ice. So, um, I, I, that's nothing to be concerned about. The no. one and thing. Uh, I, okay. Sorry. Ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say someone on, I saw online, someone said it perfectly. They said at this point, we like the fact that we see, we're seeing, I they would rather have Kako and Lafreniere be sniffing around for chances, getting chances and not capitalizing either, you know, whatever, shanking or just whiffing or whatever, or just getting last minute saves, just not getting off in time. Then we would them being kind of invisible, but still somehow having a stat line of like two and two so far. Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So it'll come. 
this whole thing is I still what Zabanajan only has like what three points right now or something dumb. You know, I, I mean, I don't, you know, so it's, it's just Mika has two just, still. And then we're like yeah, in the first two games. So, yeah. I mean, if your center Mika's not going, don't expect the wingers to be putting up points, you know, either, you know, that, that line is driven by Mika. So, you know, yeah. whenever he starts to get hot, you're probably going to see Lafreniere put up some numbers. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I, I wouldn't, you know, look at Lafreniere and, and call him a bust or anything like that. It's yeah. just, you know, the Rangers right now, you know, I know we just won last night, but overall as a team, you know, this season hasn't been, you know, very positive. So we're still trying to, you know, get out of the mud and, and, you know, kind of find a consistent, consistent play where we can, you know, find points. Uh, uh, so, uh, but Andy, there's one thing that I, I really am concerned about that I don't think is getting a lot of talk uh, is our face-offs. We are not creating. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, our face-off right now percentage last night was 29% to 71%. Uh, this is really concerning, especially because of the analytics that have come out over the past few seasons of uh, offensive opportunities and uh, defensive clearings out of the zone, just how important the face-off is. And, you know, I would say, you know, it's because, you know, we're, you know, <laughs> I would say because, you know, Heedle's out or something like that, but... I mean, we still have Strom and we still have Zibanejad in the lineup and, you know, they are very much part of the problem. Strom going 25%, Zibanejad going 38%, Howden going 40%. Yeah. So it's How very, very beat, concerning. did beat Crosby on a draw in, in garbage time uh, last night, which impressed me, you know. But yeah, you know, to your yeah to your point though yeah you, you have to especially for a team that's trying to have confident established confidence you need those touches you need the the confidence that you can go into a situation and not feel like you're immediately on your heels uh, and like you know that it's it's funny because it's one of those things that's harder to quantify because like people claim that the numbers don't bear out like how that faceoffs are all that important but I definitely disagree because I just think in terms of puck touches and confidence like yeah i can't uh especially if you're losing draws at such a wide margin it's uh yeah it's it's it, you're putting yourself behind and in a hole so it's it's funny considering how much better their structure has been but uh yeah i don't know they all definitely need to practice that i don't know if they got to get dominic Moore um to come down from the nbc studios and maybe uh yeah maybe be guest to coach for a day and help them out and give them little little tips or you know, Brian Boyle was always a good face-off guy. I know we've been on the um, <laughs> the, the sign Brian Boyle train recently, but uh, yeah, that's a you know that's a place where he could uh, really help. And uh, yeah, I think I think even you know Mika got kicked at one point, and Lafreniere took a face-off, and uh, I forget if he won or not. But you know, at the same time, just sometimes it's just even Mika, who's the guy I'm used to getting really, really low. I just didn't see that same. You can kind of tell. You know, you watch hockey long enough, you can almost tell the guy who's going to win the faceoff before the puck drops, right? There's just, it's something in the body language and the eye. It's not even who necessarily gets lower or closer. There's just like a sharpness that you can kind of innately detect. And Mika doesn't have that this season. You know, Strom has never been a, a big faceoff guy. Uh, Kreider's actually take, you know, is pretty good at winning draws. So I, I wonder if, you know, at some, some point, or you just make him take it. You know, you remember uh, he takes that. You know, when we played the Maple Leafs last year, he take wins that draw to, and Mika gets back in the shooting position immediately puts it, you know, uh, over Freddie Anderson's uh, uh, shoulder. So, um, yeah, who knows? But, yeah, they clearly have to improve. It's, it'll do wonders for them just feeling more comfortable and getting more puck touches and just having more possession, especially when they're trying to hold on to leads and they can feel like they, it's, they got this. They'll be ready to, to push and get out of their own zone. And now, the starting lineup for your Blue Notes podcast. Tom Franklin and the man called Wags. Hello and welcome to Blue Notes. I am one half of your Blue Notes team, Tom Franklin, joined by my teammates, the man called Wags. And we are your home for St. Louis Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. And that includes expert analysis, whether it's at Enterprise Center. When you're fighting for spots for the playoffs, one or two points could make the difference. And we'll be looking back at games like tonight here at Enterprise Center as 
lost opportunities. Or at home. Penalties, that was a big, big piece. You know, you're wearing down some of your best players because they're out on the, the ice for so many penalty kill opportunities. Just a complete breakdown. Blues first round pick, Jake Neighbors. Brayden Chan texted me and then uh, the head coach, Craig Berube, reached out as well. And um, Ryan O'Reilly as well. And then um, the next day on day two of the draft, uh, Tarasenko FaceTimed me. So uh, that was pretty cool. So. <laughs> and we're the only hockey podcast in the Hockey Podcast Network to have a Hawaiian hockey correspondent. The Hawaii Blues fan, Guy Bensing. In true Dan Kelly fashion, Dan Kelly says, F you, Keaton. I know who's the starting pitcher for game four of the World Series. You damn well know who the starting goalie is for game four of the NHL season. And then walked away. And we have a musician, too. Not only is he responsible for this fat beat you're listening to right now, but he has also performed absolute works of art. And it seems to me... You played the game with a candle to your rear Never wanting to leave the ice when the pain set in So check out Blue Notes wherever you get your podcasts from. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump Listen to Blue Notes and always play to the whistle. A reminder that you can follow Blue Notes on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Blue Notes Pod. I'm the voice of the blues, Tom Calhoun. So I think, you know, face-offs and, and you know, a lot of the other things need to get better as we go up against, you know, the top three teams in our division and we face off against Washington on Thursday, hopefully. Um, you know, obviously that right now the East is getting seems to be getting hit with uh, a, a COVID bug. So, um, you know, Rangers played against the, the Islanders who are in seventh, Buffalo, who's in sixth, New Jersey, who's in fifth and Pittsburgh, who's in fourth. Now it's time to play the big bad boys of the East and the, the Flyers, Washington and Boston. And like I said, Washington comes um, comes up on our schedule on Thursday and that's our next game. So we got a couple days to kind of calm down, get the guys who are going to be in the lineup, a little bit of reps with each other and, and kind of get a, you know, a, a familiar sense and work some chemistry into our lineup. So, you know, what are things, you know, you, you're worried about, concerned about looking forward to seeing when we start facing, you know, the, the playoff teams of our division? Uh, yeah. I mean, each team is its own mixed bag in terms of what they offer, you look at, uh, Washington has been rolling. They lose because they, they give up, I think five straight goals. They were down three goals to the, the capitals. And then they scored uh, the Bruins scored, uh, five unanswered on them, like after the second period or something. Um, but I mean, listen, you know, that Washington team has been there before. They're kind of have a fire under their ass. They, uh, they, you have Ovechkin, who's always a threat. They have, scoring throughout their first three lines you know guy and like i said guys who are older guys heavier guys who've been there you know they have char on the back end now so that's a bigger presence you know maybe you could almost say his presence on the ice is maybe eclipses his play at this point but you know he's got he's got already got two goals he's got that big slap shot from the point and uh yeah when when you're an older more experienced been there confident team that's looking to prove something you have to watch out especially if you're a team of young guys like the New York Rangers who are just trying to feel good about yourselves but at the same time you know they they haven't exactly they're not the most they could be a little bit porous uh, defensively uh the Capitals you know what i mean so that might be an area the Rangers can exploit especially if they trust in the fact that they've had good structure and i think if they instead of trying to out finesse, which Quinn has been harping on all season, you're not going to out East West, a team that has that many offensively talented guys. Yes, we have Panarin, but you know, they have Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Oshie, Orlov, uh, Alexander Ovechkin. You know, they have so many talented guys who can put the puck in the net and make heady little plays to each other. So that's not how you're going to beat them. But if you maintain your structure and you keep the, the pedal on them. They're not the most fleet of foot team, Washington. I think you can, if you can get their team end to turn and then make sure, yeah, you can kind of limit their breakout. So that's what they have to do. Um, and then, you know, eventually coming up against Boston, I think Boston is probably one of the most, uh, yeah, they're probably the, the stoutest team in, in our division in terms of just not giving up chances, but also being able to score goals, you know, right there 
in a lot of people's minds, they're probably the one to beat. So again, it's going to be tough. Uh, you know, you have to wonder with the goal if they're going to just, will he finally just go back to Igor, like let him be in a rhythm finally. And then, because if you go back to Georgiev, it's just what, if you keep just going back and forth, I don't know, man, I just feel like you can't you have do that. to ride the hot hand and, and yeah, I understand it's short, but that doesn't mean you can't just play two games. It doesn't have to always be this guy, me, you, me, you, me, you, because then you feel like it's hard to get in a rhythm. And especially if if Gurgiev knows his next game's coming, I think, like I, I mentioned earlier, I think he plays better when he's got a fire under his ass. And if it's like you see Shesterkin has two good games and you go in, you're like, I have to prove something here. I think he does better with the pressure than he does of the, he does better with that pressure than he does with the pressure of like, all right, you are like also our starting goaltender, if that makes any sense. No, absolutely. And I think it's Igor's net right now. I mean, after, you know, that that first goal uh, last game against Pittsburgh, which, you know, obviously was a fluke. I mean, he looked so sound and he looked like Igor of last year. And, you know, sometimes you got to ride, you know, ride the hot hand. And, you know, even if it's three, four, five games in a row that you're playing Igor, I mean, why? Why do we need to the, do the balance act right now if, you know, we're stealing wins and stealing points against, you know, some of the better teams in our division? Um, you know, and, you know, I thought, you know, man, it's so hard because it's so hard because you right now you see the New York Rangers as a team that um, is trying to find their identity. And and, you know, you want to find out what you have in, in both Igor and Georgie. But when it comes to goaltending. I really do think that you can actually de- digress when you flip flop them every other game because there's really it takes pressure off. Oh, well, I'm going to play the next next game no matter what, you know, even if I played a, a bad game two games ago and and, you know, Igor played a good game. I know, jo- you know, Georgie's going to be in net the next game. I don't like the flip flopping. Um, you know, I do think you need a, a good platoon, but I also don't think it's a 50 50 split. I mean, that's certainly not the answer. And if if Quinn's looking to get, you know, equal starts for for both of them because they both haven't played, um, you know, great, then I think that, that it's actually a bigger mistake. You know, looking at uh, the the bigger teams of the East and, and Washington coming up, I think I think, you know, this team is beatable. I think this team out of the, the top three right now is is the worst. And I know. I know, you know, people will make their arguments about, you know, Philly's depth and their scoring, you know, consistency. And, and I, obviously I think Boston is now the clear number one team in our, our division. Just, you know, when they have everyone healthy, they just seem to be a wagon. And, you know, I think they'd be at the top of the standings no matter what division they're playing in. So, you know, Washington to me is another team where, you know, this is an opportunity to, um, you know, steal some points and a, a team that you're going to have to earn points from if you want to be in the playoff contention. I think defensively they can be weak. I think if you pin them in their own zone, uh, you can exploit some of their weaknesses and and maybe some of their lazier forwards that don't want to you know always play on the defensive side of the puck, you know. And that means you know that means transition game is going to have to be key. That means all your dump ins have to you know be deep and and make those defensemen turn and and create plays. So I think the Rangers are going to have their handful with the the lineup they currently have right now, uh, which is a little bit of inexperience. So I'm hoping Quinn uh, sets his game plan where, you know, there there is a little bit of trapping. And I know he likes to be aggressive on the puck and create turnovers, but I don't know if that's exactly going to be, you know, a system that, you know, is uh, going to get us two points at the end of the Thursday night's game. So, um. Andy, if you're if you're Quinn right now, you obviously start Igor, right? Yes. And if he and if he wins that game, would you? I mean, the game on Saturday is postponed against the Devils, but would you ride him again if he had a good game? Um, you know, obviously, listen, I it's a it's a balancing act because you do have to get Georgiev some reps as well. Because at the same time, like you said, a, a if you if you if he's not in your long term plans, if you're going to try to cash out him then obviously he needs to have some games especially he needs to get his confidence back up uh, I think it depends at the schedule like you said that game's postponed I don't know when uh, what their ne- what's their next game after that um, if they're not going to play the Devils on what Saturday I, I uh, believe they go Monday Wednesday Friday um, not, against, uh, who's there, who are they playing though I guess I think it depends on the team too like uh, if it's you're playing the same team I would maybe 
I just swapped if it's uh you know playing uh Boston again or whatever I would just go I would probably switch but at the same time yeah so they go Monday Wednesday Friday so they have the Capitals on Thursday the mm-hmm. game Saturday has been postponed and then they right. play Islanders Boston Boston that's a Monday Wednesday Friday well you know the last time we played uh the Islanders um have we played the Islanders three times or twice so far? We played them twice. Georgie is okay. the one that uh, yeah. liked them. I I would put Georgievin for that game. He he always gets up versus them. I think she Shosturkin's had his struggles against them. So I think it like I said, I think it depends on who it is. So if that's the case, I would go back to Georgiev. But if you if they were playing the Bruins, then I know I would put Shosturkin in. And these are some of the tough things a coach has to deal with. And I think no matter what. I, you know, obviously you're going to get a lot of flack because someone's not always going to agree. But at the same, I just, my, my only bone of contention is I just don't think, I know you're trying to have a plan and stick to it and rest guys, but I just don't think, you know, you, me, you, me, you, me is going to be a good system this year. Yeah. No, I just I, think, I think you need some consistency. I think you have one guy who is, even though they're both talented in their own rights, I think we know that when Shesterkin is, is just locked in and comfortable he's giving you the best chance to win. Whereas Georgiev is such a mixed bag. Cause he, again, he's either really out of sorts or he's just unbeatable. But at the same time, they're, you know, he's making desperation saves and you know, he's, 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 he's either on or he's not. Whereas, uh, Shesterkin can just be such a, just a much more comfortable ride, especially for a team that's trying to, uh, you know, get some confidence. He might give up a goal or two here or there, but for the most part, he'll be good. Whereas Georgiev can be unbeatable one night and then Swiss cheese the next, you know? So, yeah, and, and looking at our schedule in February, man, like we are going to be tested because we have three games against, four games against Boston. We have three games against Philly and we have three games against Washington. Like, and we go over a span after the Islander game. All we do is play Boston, Philly and Washington for the rest of the month. So this is going to be this is this month is really going to define our entire season and whether or not you know we're going to be sniffing the playoffs because we're going to have to find ways to get points this month and it's not going to be easy i think in a lot of ways this the early start has maybe if anything it's kind of helped temper expectate or at least say kind of you realize what the rangers are better because it's easy to get blinded by the potential and be like oh but you know the rangers have top end guys and then they have uh talented promising talented top end guys of tomorrow but they're not that team that just has the been there done that middle six presence of guys who you know you have guys that, who can get you you know get you through right so this is all this is a development season i think we're understanding that now or <laughs> slowly coming to grips with it i'm not saying the rangers can't make the playoffs but i'm just saying i think everyone kind of collectively is like, oh, maybe we have more work to do than we initially thought, or we're not as close as we initially thought. But um, it's going to, like you said, it's going to be a real telling February for this team. The schedule gets harder. uh, And, you know, you have the added pressure of those teams that the Rangers, most likely, if they had played, you know, should have collected points against, it was the time they didn't. So it's almost like now they have to do the extra work (laughs) to, yeah, and they have to, beat the teams that they probably weren't given much of a chance against at least on paper and get some points there but hopefully what we saw uh in their in their win over the finally getting a like you said the monkey off the back and beating the penguins in regulation you know holding a lead being confident with a lead being confident when you're down a goal these are the things i think that can carry them through because for the most part uh their play this season when when they're doing everything right, yeah, they 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 hold on to the puck, they outpossess their opponents, they put more shots on goal, they they've been generating, and this is not even with all of our this is with some guys down and not even having our guys going. So you know it'll definitely help to get Heedle back at some point and Blackwell and Kako obviously, and if anything, if they can tread water till then, or maybe just have a respectable record, and then those guys come back in, then you have even more confidence because you're like, oh, now look at us, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, well, it is a little concerning, though, you know, looking at some of these names and then figuring they're, they're going to have to go up against, you know, the Boston and and, and the Washington's and Ivan Movechkin and, and Marshawn and, um, you know, Giroux of the, uh, you know, the Flyers. 
I'm looking at these, some of these guys on this roster and I'm going to be like, oh my God, this could be stat night for us if we, you know, come out with the right mindset and play our game. Uh, I'm just worried. I just don't want, I just don't want like a five game span where the Rangers are getting blown out by three or four goals every night. Because if you think Rangers Twitter is bad right now, wait until <laughs> a losing streak like that happens because that is going to be, you know, I, Again, the Rangers Twitter will absolutely be going mad. And I think a lot of fans, you know, are going to be going to have a right. I'm stumbling over myself right now because someone's calling me. But, um, you know, I think the fans would have a right to be mad because, you know, going into this season, we all thought we were a playoff team. And, and you know, obviously you said that, you know, maybe we needed to take a step back and realize that we, you know, have a long way to go and we're, we're not quite there yet. But, you know, I'm looking at the teams in our division, right? You know, you got to circle Pittsburgh because I feel like that's who we're going to be fighting that fourth spot for. Um, you know, Devils aren't a pushover anymore. You know, they seem to be playing very well, even though they're they're ridden with the injury bug and and some COVID issues. And and the Islanders, you know, maybe have the best coach in the division. Uh, and you know, you think that eventually at some point they'll figure it out and and string together a few wins. And and then Buffalo is the only team where you know I can truly say that you know we'll stack up well against and I don't see them turning it up at any point in the season of anything I can see it you know spiraling out of control if they have any sort of success that you know this month so um yeah I, I you know I just want to see the Rangers improve I want to see them get better I want to see the young guys um get experience and reps against some of the the big bad boys of the east you know teams that are going to be competing for a Stanley Cup at the end of the year so um you know, I, I don't know. I don't know, Andy. You know, uh, I don't know where I stand. I'm not comfortable. You know, I still think we have a shot at the playoffs, but I also think we're so far away from that. You know, I, I keep going back and forth in my own head. Yeah. You know, in fairness, I just want to see the reverse retro jerseys finally. You said that they were going to have it. And then... I, well, so uh, a few I much like I don't follow my own advice. And uh, there was rumors that it was going to be the night. And then Pittsburgh uh, obviously wore their reverse retro jerseys and they were pushing them hard. And I'm like, of course, Pittsburgh's going to come in wearing their reverse retro jerseys, which are away colors, white. So, yeah. of course, the Rangers, this confirms it for me, you know. But again, I didn't follow my own advice and make sure I was absolutely sure before sharing what I thought was a, a done deal. And it wasn't. So I learned a lesson. Thankfully, I didn't like tweet it on our uh, t- Twitter account. So it, it looked bad on me. But, um, yeah, I was I was convinced. I I bought I bought into the hype and the and the conjecture and the you know the rumor mill and uh, yeah, that's on me. I'm sorry. I I still want to see it because they've been practicing with. And that's the other thing is that they they've been wearing the the they're, to get used to the buckets. They've been wearing those uh, the navy helmets in practice. So you know, I'm just like it's happening. It's time. You know, <laughs> but uh, and I also you know. But then it's like at one point I thought I saw something, but then, uh, you know, it, yesterday was, uh, um, was, uh, it's a start black history month. Uh, they had equality night. And so then they had the practice jerseys and then a part of me was like, well, if they're going to wear those in warmups, I don't think then they're going to wear their, uh, yeah, I don't think they would do two special jerseys in one night. So I was wrong. This might uh, be a hot take, but I thought those jerseys were nicer than our reverse retro. <laughs> yeah, they were nice. I liked, I like them a lot, you know, the yeah, colors they were- are- you're cool. Yeah, it looks. You strong. know, I, my my big one of my biggest issues. Uh, I think. Well, so are for the reverse retro jerseys. Do the Rangers have the same color pants, or do they have like pant shells or something? Ooh, good question. Uh, I'm not a, actually even sure about that because um, they tweeted that picture of of Mika. Uh, but I forget in 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 the in the in like the mock up if he had on, you know, if he had the regular pants or if he had like a, a Navy shell on, I think they, the Rangers will still have red pants, right? Yeah. It's probably the same pants. I'm, I'm probably overthinking this. I would imagine it's the same pants because I know they have different, I know they have, they have different gloves uh, and, and socks, obviously, but you know. Yeah. Um, so Andy, obviously, you know, the game on Saturday, uh, COVID you hear, you heard uh, the devils are hit pretty hard with 10 players on the COVID list. And then you have uh, Buffalo who now has postponed their game because they need to assess their situation uh, after playing the devils. Again, we, we saw, um, God, the, 
Dallas Stars and the Florida Panthers kind of all get, you know, off to a slow start because of COVID. You know, if this runs rampant through a division, wh- where are they going to make up these games on the tail end of the season? Or are they going to try to, you know, is there going to be a lot of back-to-backs for some of these teams? I have no idea. I, I mean, you know, it, a lot of it also depends on, the, like, the Rangers are a team that shares their building with the New York Knicks. I don't know uh, how many of the, like, you know, if it, if it, if the Boston gets hit, then they have to work around the Celtics home game schedule. Uh, whatever. I, you know, uh, the Wizards with the the Capitals and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I, a, a lot of it depends. Uh, you know, I think a lot of it will get tacked on down the line just to make sure they have time to get, give themselves a little bit of runway to say, like, all right, these are when we're going to get them in. And these are there's no uh, interference with dates and stuff. So but, yeah, I'm not really quite sure. Um, yeah, it's. It seems like it was at first it had seemed to be isolated out to the teams out west and now more more of it's coming it's coming closer to the Rangers front door, especially with Kako out for precautionary. Um, so, yeah, hopefully, there, you know, we don't get hit with it and the Rangers continue to be responsible and safe. Uh, maybe sometimes that's one of the good things about having you know, a bunch of young guys that are either just, you know, maybe they have wives, you know, most of the, most of these young guys might have girlfriends, but it's not like they have whole families and their parents are living with them. And, you know, cause it just opens you up to exposure. So who knows, maybe that's one of the, that might keep the Rangers safe because you have a bunch of young guys who will just, they're, you know, Jeff Gordon says, if you get COVID, I will be furious. So they say, okay, they go home and they, they plug in their Xbox and that's it. Then they come out when it comes time to play, you know, or go to practice. Um, but yeah, uh, it's, it's definitely getting closer to the Rangers front door and I'm definitely nervous about it, especially considering a, the health of the, the health of the players and their families, uh, and B the fact that Rangers hockey is one of the very few things I have to look forward to, you know, in this winter, which is, you know, we just got dumped with snow, so no one's going anywhere. It's cold. Uh, Puxitani Phil says we're gonna have another six weeks of winter. So, um, <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's one of the, I, if, if I find out I might not have Rangers hockey for a week after finally just getting it back, uh, I would be very upset. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, hopefully the game on Thursday happens and then we'll have a little bit of a break over the weekend and then right back at it, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday against the Islanders, Boston and Boston. But right now the focus is on Thursday's game against the Washington Capitals and hopefully, you know, they get a win. If you're listening to this on Thursday, the game is tonight. So hopefully we can squeak out a win and gain a little confidence. And who knows, maybe that's a snowball effect into some more consistent play. Um, hopefully the the guys that, you know, we didn't think were going to be impact players at the beginning of the season continue to contribute even against the top teams in our division. So there's a lot to look at right now. The Rangers certainly have a, a magnifying glass uh on them uh around the league and just you know hockey fans in general to see how this team reacts to uh you know the last 48 hours and and just you know a team that everyone kind of penciled to be in the middle of the pack is now falling to the bottom can they get out of it a lot of storylines here uh you know and we'll be here every step of the way you know either crying or or laughing or <laughs> or yeah. uh celebrating so um yeah again we are live tweeting a lot of the games too. Uh, if you want to be a part of it, uh, you can follow us at Broadway Boys Pod. And uh, yeah, Andy, any final words for you? Yeah, I hope Vitaly Kraftsov's okay. He got absolutely smoked in a yeah. game the other day, and it sucks because he was just he was hot again, and he was just yeah, I think he had goals in uh, I think three or four of his last five and and points or at least points in in four of his last five. And yeah, he was cooking again. He was setting up chances, and then of course he gets absolutely. Uh, smoke trying to clear a puck so we hope he's okay i haven't gotten any confirmation if i do i'll I'll make sure to retweet it you know some of our on rangers twitter are more uh european prospect connected uh uh yeah uh, profiles and and individuals will definitely have that info or maybe even the rangers might say just to keep fans you know what's going on abreast of what's happening uh but yeah man it's uh it's it feels good to a win always, I, I, I texted you this, but just it's always good the morning after a win. You feel a little bit more positive. It feels like we can all just kind of finally just move forward. And, it, you know, they, the Rangers can, are allowed to have their miscues and be bad. But let's just limit it that to let's just limit them having their struggles on the ice. And, yeah, hopefully they can just build from it and learn from it. And, and yeah, I think I think there's now sentiment 
with this team that some I think the leaders are really having to take a look at themselves and say like did what was I really leading when I thought I was or like is this what it takes to be a leader you know uh, and I yeah I think you know me glass half full guy I just think with all the the disarray we've gotten off to with the start and uncertainty with COVID and dynamics in the locker rooms and veterans leaving and you know everything I just think yeah I think guys are going to really find out what they're made of right now and yeah, that's not necessarily a bad thing. So, uh, uh, yeah, the, the wheel continu- continues to spin. The roller coaster continues to have its ups and downs. But, uh, yeah, we're holding on for dear life. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod. And please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.